Since the events at the Capitol, there have been many reports about threats to lawmakers in D.C., reports of massive protests being planned all over the country and protests planned on the 17th and the 20th. I've not actually seen any activist organizing or any statements from Trump supporters supporting any of these events, but I have heard some murmuring in local areas from people who say they're hearing these things. It could just be rumors from the mainstream media. We know that they reported there was supposed to be some big protest at Twitter headquarters that no one showed up to. And many Trump supporters have denied that these are actual events. In fact, over at the Donald.win, they say these are not real protests. No one is planning on going to these things. But regardless, the mainstream media is saying there are plans for something to happen. According to several reports, the FBI is warning that armed Trump supporters will protest in the Capitol. And thus, we are seeing photos, many photos of National Guard currently sleeping and just basically waiting and chilling out in the Capitol building, leading many people to be worried about what might happen during Joe Biden's inauguration. I got to say this. I'm eternally grateful to those who are serving uh, this, this uh, you know, the United States Armed Forces, be it National Guard or otherwise, to defend our capital. And I think we need to, you know, redouble our efforts and make sure that we have a seamless, peaceful transition for what, you know, what we can salvage. No, no we, nobody wants violence. We don't want violence. And that's the big news. Though Donald Trump has been censored and banned across the board, he has still issued a statement. Fox News reporting that Trump has called for a peaceful transition and no violence to all his supporters. This can't happen. And uh, I, I agree. And I'm glad that he, he he's done this. And I hope that we just have a smooth and calm next week or so. And listen, you know, a lot of people have said it, that those that went to the Capitol thinking that somehow being physically in a building was in any way politically advantageous were just wrong, confused, and many believed fringe conspiracy theories. The left is claiming that Donald Trump incited the insurrection. And while I can certainly say it seems Trump has been irresponsible in his statements as the riots were going on, he did say peacefully march. So did Alex Jones and many others. So to these people who stormed the Capitol, going against what Trump had actually called for. I'm sorry. I think they, 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 they lost it. I mean, hearing these people think that what, what they were doing would make Trump happy when it actually ended the objection process for many of the, many of the politicians, that's what Trump wanted. He said, we're going to cheer on politicians. Well, because these people, you know, seem to have heard murmurings in Trump's language, secret dog whistles, They've actually hurt the president and his legitimacy. So it's no surprise at all for me to see that Trump is calling out and saying that his supporters must help ensure a peaceful transition and calling for no violence. I'm not surprised, but there's still some expectations as to what may happen, because going back to what I was saying about the people who decided to storm the Capitol anyway, even though the president said peaceful, I think there are people who aren't as concerned with Trump. You know, look, there are people who are Trump supporters first. They came to Trump's event in D.C., they heard him speak, and they left. Many of these people are being investigated and punished just for that. And there are people who defied the president and stormed the Capitol anyway while he was still speaking. These are people that I think are Trump supporters second, meaning they're more concerned about physically occupying a building or some kind of revolution than they are about what Trump actually wanted in this country. Because you have Antifa, you have fringe far right elements, you have people who are more concerned about their political ideologies and what they want than what their movement or the collective or even this country needs. The way I see it, storming the Capitol was completely in defiance of basically everyone. Most people in this country do not want the chaos. 
And we can clearly see they don't have very much support at all. I mean, there are people posting on, you know, some social networks defending them. But for the most part, everybody has said no to these people. Some of Trump's most ardent supporters are shocked by what we saw. Well, let's take a look at what Donald Trump said and what we can expect from this next week or so. But we also have some really big news. Gab has restored the entirety of Trump's Twitter account. We'll see if Trump actually uses it, because while it's available for him, Trump still issued his statement through Fox News. But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member. Becoming a member means you give a monthly contribution to help support my work and my podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in trying times and people are getting purged left and right. I'm seeing people booted off YouTube. I'm seeing people booted off Twitter and Facebook because there's real serious uh, fears now from these big tech companies. They'll lose advertisers. So they're just getting ban happy. It's uh, better late than never. But if you go to TimCast.com, you can become a member. I I apologize. We're still working out some bugs. Many people have said if they signed up, they didn't get their notifications. Just request, try logging in and request your password or try and change it. And and we'll work through these. We're going to have members only content coming up with our guests from the TimCast IRL podcast. So you can support this channel over at TimCast.com. But don't forget to like, subscribe, share, hit that notification bell. Let's read from Fox News. Trump calls on Americans, big tech, to help ensure peaceful transition. No violence. Trump's statement comes as House debates impeachment days before Biden inauguration. They say exclusive. Trump on Wednesday is calling for all Americans to help ease tensions and calm tempers, saying he does not stand for violence of any kind. And he's asking big tech to join the effort. Quote, in light of reports of more demonstrations, I urge that there must be no violence, no lawbreaking, and no vandalism of any kind. The president said in a statement to Fox News, that is not what I stand for, and it is not what America stands for. I call on all Americans to help ease tensions and calm tempers. Thank you. Bravo. I'm glad to hear it. Better late than never. As I stated for my own website, I wish Trump came out and gave a better statement while this was going on. I understand that many people were storming the Capitol while he was still speaking. But while the right was going on, he was saying, you know, Mike Pence has has failed to you know protect this country or do his duty or whatever. And it's just inappropriate, inappropriate. Look, I'm not going to pretend that Trump told people to do anything. That's crazy. But it's no surprise that while you have Trump supporters who believed that Trump was dog whistling them to storm the Capitol, you have leftists who believe Trump was dog whistling them to storm the Capitol. And all regular people were just like, eh, the president said peacefully marched, taking him at his word and showing up and hearing him and supporting him. And that was it. We got to we got we got to let we got to let this simmer down. So good on the president for calling for this. And I'll say right now too, tensions have been way too hot, man. Look, I understand everybody's on edge and they're tired and they and they point the blame. And the way I've seen it over and over again is, look, we had the Black Lives Matter riots all throughout this year and the left was defending it and defending these people. And I'm angry. I'm angry that now they have the nerve to come out and say, yeah, well, you did this. And it's like, well, what about what you did? And they'll say, oh, but that's what about ism? I don't care. The, the left was urging on this kind of behavior. So it's no surprise that people felt it was the only opportunity. And therein lies the problem. Exactly why I criticized the left. My criticism of them stands. But don't think just because you're responding to it, you get a free pass. You can't do the same things they're doing and think someone of principle will be like, well, I, I guess it's OK now. No, it's not OK. Storming the Capitol was far from OK. I mean, in many ways, in, in most ways, it was way worse 
uh, the, our, our constitutional process was underway. The objections were happening and then people shut it all down and it was just stupid. It just really, really was bad. I've seen the Proud Boys going around and, and you know, burning a Black Lives Matter banner. Not a fan of that either. I don't care. I don't want any of it. And no one else in this country should either. Donald Trump has now issued the statement. So to all of the people who are true Trump supporters, you need to listen and need to calm down. And my, my personal recommendation is these demonstrations this next week, not the answer. I said this a month and a half ago. Mike Cernovich said it. Now is the time to go home, be with your family and make money. I understand not everybody can. I understand the COVID lockdowns have made people, you know, put people on edge. But now is the time to to become self-reliant, to become independent, figure out what you can do. The best strategy forward is peaceful. It is persuasive and it is resourceful. It's not easy. Not everybody knows the answers. But what we saw with the Black Lives Matter riots is no justification for anything we see after that. And what we saw in D.C. was absolutely detrimental to the right populist movement. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a conversation. And I'm going to criticize the left for refusing to accept calls for unity, especially when the last thing I want is to give a free pass for all the riots we saw throughout this year in the defense of Antifa. By the way, Antifa is still out protesting. But at least you can take the high road. Now, look, after they announced Joe Biden win, we saw people like Alyssa Milano and other leftists calling for unity and offering an olive branch. And maybe it would have been appropriate to just say, fine. The problem is, if you give an inch, they take a mile. And so nobody wants to back down. Nobody wants to give up on what they believe in. But I tell you, there are there are better paths for, like I said, persuasion and resourcefulness, not what we saw at the Capitol. I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers, but I don't think satisfying an emotional itch is going to solve the problem. It only makes it worse. When Antifa gets mad at the police and they go out and they cause violence, they lose support. And I've shown you the polls before. Black Lives Matter lost tremendous 17 percentage points in net support because of the riots. It lowered their support year over year. It doesn't work. Persuasion. They're going to say a Trump advisor told Fox News the statement will go out as an email from the White House press office. The White House will then attempt to post the statement to all of Trump's official social media accounts. Attempt to. Maybe they'll let Trump back on for this reason. The advisor also told Fox News the statement would be posted and distributed through all Trump campaign and political accounts. President Trump is asking all Americans to join with him in ensuring that there is an orderly and peaceful transition next week. A senior Trump advisor told Fox News, President Trump is also asking that big tech companies join with him in this effort. The advisor added, this is a critical time in our nation's history, and surely we can all come together to deliver this important message and not continue to play partisan politics. I know the people on the left are saying, how dare you? They're saying only after these people storm the Capitol, will you call for unity? By all means, sure, criticize it. But please, at this point, everybody accept the olive branch. I am I am frustrated with with Cuomo. I am frustrated with Alyssa Milano. I am frustrated with these personalities who have defended this behavior. But I'm more than happy to say if we do not accept, we all must stop. It will only get worse. And that is bad for everybody, man. It's bad enough with covid. It's bad enough. Hey, look, Cuomo came out and said he wants to reopen the economy. Take it. Vote him out next. Destabilization and collapse is not going to make things better for anybody. If you think COVID lockdowns are bad, if you think the the economy being destroyed is bad, I can understand your anger. But trust me when I say escalation is worse. It's way worse. So hopefully 
People will heed Trump's statement. And, and most importantly, fine, the left can mock and belittle and ignore him. But this statement from Trump needs to be heard by his supporters, by those who were in the Capitol claiming that Trump would be happy he was doing it. Well, he's asked you not to. Please listen to the man. The president's statement came as the House was debating an article of impeachment against him, saying he incited insurrection. And days after he was permanently suspended from Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, the statement also came just a day after his first public appearance since last week's Capitol riot, telling reporters he wanted no violence. They, they go on to mention context about the riot. We all understand. Well, take a look at some of these photos. Thousands of National Guard troops stationed in Capitol due to high threat level. And I believe I believe there's a high threat level. The murmurings I've heard at the local level are people really are scared that there's going to be armed groups that want to go to the Capitol. That's a serious mistake. It is something you will not win. So the president, good on him for issuing this statement. And now is the time for regrouping and strategy. And it's a great opportunity. Listen, man, I, I've been through George W. Bush and Barack Obama. And it was my entire life looking at presidents who were awful, committing war crimes. And I have seen the rage from the left demanding revolution and nothing less. And I get it. But that doesn't work. And then they say Tim's a stupid liberal reformist. Sure. Now is the opportunity more than ever. The GOP is weakened and fractured. It is an opportunity for those on the right, conservatives and populists, to do something different and form a new party or at least kick out the old leadership and bring in new personalities, charismatic personalities who can stand tall and deliver for the American people. It is a tremendous opportunity. As Republicans announce they're going to they're going to vote to impeach Trump. We'll see how that all plays out. The GOP is in trouble. Donald Trump was the man making all that money, bringing in those donations. Well, the torch can be handed off to a better man. Donald Trump may have been the avatar from the perfect avatar for many people, but he was far from the actual perfect avatar of right populism and conservative values. Far from it. Now's a chance for someone to be moderate, reasonable, rational and persuasive and resourceful and actually help unite the country around ideals that the American people might actually want. Donald Trump did, said, said a lot the American people wanted. That's why he won. Hillary Clinton wasn't the personality. Well, now people are saying they don't want him. And Donald Trump is asking everyone to keep it peaceful and go through that, you know, have that transition. Don't forget, the Republicans won in the House levels, which means 2022, there should be a turnaround. Now, I'll tell you this. I think Republicans are going to become much more moderate and left-leaning because the media now is the time for strategy. Look at what Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire are doing, making a movie, a good one, actually. I, I, I hear from people who have seen it. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but it's pretty good. It's intense, well-made, well-acted, well-produced, and surprisingly good for conservative production. That's what you need to be doing. So I'll tell you what my focus has been. We, we want to. I want to focus more on the Timcast IRL podcast because we're going to have conversations in pop culture and UFOs as well as politics, so that people can get a well-rounded sense of the world. And we want to do vlogs and venues and comedy. We have this 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 venue set up. We're setting up, and we want to do events, set up membership, and create and inspire. Because right now, the strategy for victory is about persuasion and resource, not violence. And Trump knows it, and I think that's why Trump is coming out and saying this. It is not good for him what happened. Now, there are concerns. BBC reports that Trump supporters are planning armed protests ahead of Biden inauguration. FBI warns. I don't think these are your, your actual uh, regular Trump supporters. I've seen the regular Trump supporters. If you look at the amount of people who stormed the Capitol, you had hundreds of thousands of people, according to numerous reporters I've talked to, and they mostly just listened to what Trump had to say. 
on the Capitol building, it looks like there was maybe over a thousand, but in the building, several hundred. That does not represent the hundreds of thousands of people who waved little American flags and then went home. So these people, whatever they're planning, some of them may claim to be Trump supporters. But if you really are a Trump supporter, well, Trump has made the call. No violence and peaceful transition because it's the smart thing to do. And it's also the, the, the moral thing to do. Now, when we hear about these protests, I want to stress this. The Verge reports only one person showed up to the pro-Trump protest outside Twitter's San Francisco HQ. 30 officers were there to monitor the scene. And here is a woman and she's holding a sign that says, I believe it says F Jack Dorsey. One person showed up. Trump supporters had been posting on forums that there was no protest planned. They did not organize anything and they didn't organize any of these upcoming protests either. There were also statements from some of Trump's most ardent supporters. They were kind of angry with the storming of the Capitol because they said the president said go home and in peace and called for a peaceful march. And they were like, why? Why would we allow anyone to defy the man that we supposedly support? If you were a Trump supporter, I saw these statements and I was I was like spot on, like on point and principled. They were saying Trump said peacefully march. So who are these other people who are defying the president and claiming they supported the guy? I think these people were Trump supporters. Second, they're also pointing out, look, one person showed up to this protest because there wasn't one. The media is desperate to milk uh, all of the Trump stuff, all of the MAGA stuff. So here's what you need to understand. Trump is on the way out. Biden is set to be inaugurated on the 20th. There needs to be peace. The president has said it. We get it. But the media is getting scared. We're already seeing journalists say, I don't know what I'll do now. There's one prominent journalist with hundreds of thousands of followers who was saying their whole beat was criticizing Trump and calling out his tweets. And this is like a, from a big newspaper. And now they're like, I don't know what I'll do without Trump. Jim Acosta has been removed from the White House. And now they've they've put him on some other beat because the yelling at Trump beat is over. Jeff Zucker of CNN has announced CNN Airport is coming to an end. That's where they get most of their viewership. CNN is hurting. The reporters are panicked. So they're going to do everything in their power to overhype all of this. How much do you want to bet they're not going to report Trump calls for peace? I wouldn't be surprised, but he did. No, the media needs there to be a boogeyman to write about. And so there's there's concern following you know Trump's departure. They will just focus on Trumpism and they'll go after all the people who helped enable Trump or whatever. Maybe the culture war may come back. Or maybe things will change. Maybe there's no more normal. I don't know. There are concerns that things, uh, the economy, it's way worse than anyone realize, realizes. And I, and I hope that's not the case. I hope things are actually improving, but I just don't know. We've never seen the mass printing of money like this. And I say printing, it's more like digitally pressing enter on a keyboard. They're just pumping out money. And I believe it. we're at like 66% of the money supply was created in the last nine months. 66%. The debt to GDP is at 130%. It's bad, man. And I got to say, I'm already hearing that hyperinflation is hitting. Imported goods are starting to become more and more expensive. So we're doing some IT work trying to get our internet. As you've known, the internet saga has been a, a, an arduous journey for us because we're in the middle of nowhere and it's really expensive internet. Let me tell you, if you want to get a good internet line for running a studio and you're in the middle of nowhere, I was just shocked to see the first bill. And it is uh, uh, substantially, substantially more expensive than home than, you know, home co- consumer internet. So yikes. Anyway, 
we're talking, I'm talking to the IT guys that we, we, we've brought in and, and they're just saying computer goods are getting more and more expensive. What you need to understand about hyperinflation, say increasing the minimum wage, is that it will make it so imported goods are more expensive to buy. There has, so internally, you know, if I trade with you, let's say you got an apple. I'm like, here's a dollar. I'll give you a dollar for the apple. The dollar is pretty much equal value to both of us because we know the value of that dollar. But for international exchange, there is, you have to trade the dollar for the local currencies. And that's where the imbalance starts to come in. So already looking at compu- computer components, they're going up. Property values are going up. And I'm worried about what this, what this really means moving forward. I think there's, a, there, we're at a point where, we need people to be more resilient, more self-reliant. And now is the time to meditate, to study, to learn survival skills, not because the world's ending, because you need to be a better and well-rounded person. It's really scary to me because of the shutdown of all these gyms and the COVID lockdown that we're hearing stories of people deteriorating, exercise to the best of your ability. You know, look, man, I don't want to equate what's, you know, the COVID lockdowns with prison or anything like that, but kind of what, what happens if people go to prison, they work out. They get in shape. It's like, what else are you going to do? I guess that's something we should all be considering right now, bettering ourselves to the best of our abilities. Also, get offline and read some books. No, for real. Just uh, turn off social media forever, every so often and read a book and just if take some time. We need the economy to be reopened. I'm glad to see some Democrats finally coming around better late than never, as I've been saying. I will take it. Let's argue our politics. Let's be persuasive. And let's win over the hearts and minds of the people to actually make the changes we want to see. D.C. has an expanded special security designation and their concerns about what's coming. But I, I hope they do more. I do. You know, I'm not a uh, I'm, I'm idealistically libertarian, but I am realistic, really realistically liberal. Of course, the left tribe doesn't want to admit that I'm a liberal, even though, yeah, literally am. And I think that there has to be some security and some authority. I'm not an absolutist saying, you know, get rid of the police, get rid of the government. No, I think we need security for our our nation's capital more than ever. And so this is something I'm glad to see. The last thing we want, jackboot, Gestapo, militarized police who don't care about the people marching around, shutting things down, authoritarianism. And so you prevent that sometimes in counterintuitive ways. If there is an armed protest at the Capitol. It will result in a war on terror style crackdown on civil liberties, many of which we've never recovered in the first place. We still have these people who lied to Congress about mass surveillance, and we want accountability. There are people upset. They feel like they're not getting accountability. And I understand that. But again, it's about persuasion. The Daily Beast published an article, and the Daily Beast is left-leaning, where they said, we do not want another war on terror. And there have been finally people on the left coming out criticizing the us or them rhetoric, realizing you do not want to empower the state. Oh, they were all about it to get rid of Trump. Fine. And now they're worried about what it means. Well, that's a good thing. My concerns are that the Democrats now have the House, the Senate, the executive branch. I don't I don't think they'll pack the courts at this point because I think Manchin would block it. But and I don't think Republicans would allow it either. So it probably would falter, but they still control two of the three branches, which means they're going to start passing a lot. It means that they can actually make some moves in terms of taxes and budgets, and we're likely to see some more gun control. I want everyone to calm down, and I hope we can. And I understand the severity of what we're seeing and the anger from both sides and the, the threats and you know all that stuff, but 
We need to figure out, we need to navigate this path in a way that doesn't result in destruction. So that's where, you know, I, I, I'm glad to see Trump's statement finally coming out. Airbnb is going to be canceling and blocking all DC reservations during Biden's inauguration, uh, during inaugura- inauguration week amid fears of MAGA unrest. People still might come out. They'll still blame Trump. They'll still blame Trump supporters, which is why Trump's message is more important than ever. There's going to be more censorship. This will hurt conservatives in the long run. There needs to be alternative platforms, places where people can go, more resilient platforms. There needs to be reasonable dialogue between factions. Now, I get it. I, I do an interview show and it is difficult to get leftists on the show. No joke. We spent like 40 minutes yesterday on the IRL podcast ragging on Donald Trump and his foreign policy. And we even had we haven't had one Trump supporter comment that Trump was the greatest president of our lives and he should be charged with war crimes. And we laughed because it's kind of like, wow, we've had bad presidents. Right. And so there are things that Trump has done that people are critical of. And we had that conversation and people respected the conversation. And it was interesting. Why? I think most people are more concerned about freedom and liberty and don't like war. The last thing we need now is a dramatic escalation of censorship and tensions. And that's where I'm worried. But there's something interesting happening. Take a look at Gab.com. Gab has archived and reproduced Donald Trump's Twitter account almost in full. When I mean by almost, I mean like like 99.9% of Trump's Twitter account is still in existence. This is extremely important for two big reasons. One, Donald Trump's statements are historical record. He was president. He still is. But he, as a president of the United States, we need to see these statements. People need to know what he said, when he said it, and why he said it. And more importantly, this is, this is good because it shows that Gab has become resilient and is protected against the, the mass monopolistic powers of Silicon Valley. It's a light, a light at the end of the tunnel. Now, of course, Gab's been maligned as white nationalist and all right and all that evil stuff. I don't care. You can call them whatever they want. I, I, I don't know the politics of the founder of Gab or what he's really concerned about. I can just tell you, I believe in free expression, freedom, liberty, the Constitution, individual rights. And the only way we prosper is through decentralized politics. Too much power is being centralized in Silicon Valley and in Washington, D.C. We need to decentralize this. Gab is doing it, taking away some of that monopolistic power. It's a good thing. In D.C., we will see. I think now is the opportunity for Trump supporters to have uh, their, their moment and say goodbye to the crony establishment Republicans and stop voting for them. There's one thing I can say, though. Mitch McConnell appears to block the impeachment. So I also think this is good. He's not going to reconvene the Senate, so there will not be a trial. If there is a trial, it will it likely will happen after Trump is already out of office. It's at that point that I will say Trump has just taken the steps to call on everyone. Sure, you can say he should have called on his supporters, at all Americans for peace and nonviolence and a peaceful transition. The next step is for Democrats to say, we're going to let sleeping dogs lie. Just let Trump go. He's already getting his banking, you know, uh, New York City severing ties with him. His banks are severing ties with him. It's going to hurt his business across the board. You do not need to inflame tensions anymore. Let's just let this slow down, calm down. And I hope everybody heeds the, heeds the words, all of Trump supporters, 
and just have a peaceful transition. That's what we need now. And then we'll get back to the to the politicking. But I, I, I do have concerns. You know, earlier today, I did a segment on what happened with Lauren Boebert. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned that the 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 idea ideologies are too entrenched. I want peace. I want inspiration and I want movements towards positive directions. So if you really want to protect the future, then here's what you got to do. Teach your kids to do better. I mean, have kids <laughs> to a lot of people and instill them with the values of respecting one another, constitutional rights and values, individual liberties and create not hate, not destruction, creation, write a book, write a story, draw a picture, make a comic, do a podcast, film skateboarding or, or, or biking or skits or comedy, make jokes, inspire people to have fun and have a good time and don't do it at the expense of others. We'll see how everything goes. Um, by tonight, we should know if there's going to be uh, an impeachment, which is probably going to happen. And then we'll just uh, fingers crossed for for peaceful transition. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be tonight at 8 p.m. live at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL, where we do the live show every day. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The CEO of Parler is firing back calling politicians like AOC sick and evil for calling for the banning of his company's app. For those that don't know this, Apple, Google, and Amazon all suspended services, or I should say banned, Parler. In the case of Amazon, they suspended web hosting services, mean Parler, meaning Parler is just gone. And then following this, basically every single vendor refused to work with Parler. This is a concerted effort. It is psychotic groupthink cult-like behavior. And anybody who sees this should be freaking out. How do we function as a society when dominoes fall down because people are terrified of associating with a company that got bad press? Press that was not true. You see, they say that Parler was hosting incitement to violence. It's the lie they use over and over again. And these pathetic and spineless vendors, the smaller ones, are too stupid to actually look into what's going on. And so, you know what? I think we're in trouble as a society because massive multinational corporations love power and they will steal it and they will collude to get it. Parler sued Amazon, asserting that the reason they got banned was because Twitter and Amazon have a multi-year contract and Parler was the number one app in the app store. So all of these Silicon Valley companies conspire, essentially, or, or take concerted efforts, a better way to put it, to shut down anyone who challenges their system. And they've done it many times. And their sycophantic allies in media are glad to do it because got to get them clicks. You end up with like out of 10 million people, 60 posts where people were inciting violence. Parler removes them. Amazon says, you know what? We don't care. We don't think you're going to place it. So you're banned. What they don't tell you is that at the same time, Twitter was hosting serious threats of violence and uh, they wouldn't remove it. And Amazon didn't go to Twitter and complain and demand they do remove it. So it's really curious about Ocasio-Cortez's position on this, getting a private company banned for fake reasons. I remember back when Patreon, remember, remember, remember when Patreon saw that exodus? Let me tell you a story. Many of you are probably familiar with Patreon. If you're not, it's a, it's a service where you can sign up. And then people can choose to give you a certain amount of money 
And then you can make posts that go to those certain members. I prefer just to make my own because of this problem. So you can go to TimCast.com, become a member. That We're getting the site built up, so forgive the errors and bugs for now. Uh, it's a coming. When many people started fleeing Patreon after a series of bans, it started with Lauren Southern. Lauren Southern gets banned from Patreon. And a bunch of people said, dude, you didn't give her a warning or a notice. and You took away your income. That's not cool. So Patreon said, okay, we'll make sure to give everyone warnings. Then Sargon of Akkad, a.k.a. Carl Benjamin, got his Patreon removed without warning. This caused a mass exodus. Some very serious uh, uh, podcasts like Sam Harris jumped ship saying it's not worth the risk. Many of these creators went to a platform called Subscribestar, which was identical in almost every way to Patreon. People could choose to give you an amount of money. At a certain amount of money, you get certain rewards. You know, you get how the subscription platforms work. Well, interestingly, then the payment processors all pulled their service from Subscribestar, preventing people from fleeing and going to a rival company. It's sickening. So you want to know what really bothers me and what gets me really angry this morning? There's no left in this country there. there it's just it, it, there's not. I guess it's weird to see conservatives calling for regulation. But what people often say when they point out, you know, oh, oh, now conservatives are for regulation. Well, conservatives have been for regulation. This is this is what it's just insane to see the lies almost always from these left wing personalities playing tribalism. Just because conservatives want to deregulate many things doesn't mean they all completely oppose regulation. They're not libertarians. They're conservatives, meaning they do like some regulation, mostly not. Whereas liberals tended to be in favor of regulating massive corporations. Where are my liberals at? They don't exist. Any one of these people coming out and defending massive multinational billion dollar corporations to suppress the competition is not on the left. Sorry. You see, Left and right in an economic sense refers to cooperative or competitive markets. They're advocating for a competitive market where unaccountable billionaires can crush the little guy. I don't, and I never have. Furthermore, I have always said, I believe that if you have a bakery and a gay couple comes in and they want a custom cake with a custom message, I believe that you should bake them that cake. And I think you don't need to consider it to be your speech. It is an interesting conundrum and a philosophical argument when it comes to the bakery scenario, because as conservatives pointed out, he had no problem serve, uh, serving the gay couple. He just didn't want to write that message. And my view is it is tough. And I, and I respect the, the, the complaint. Maybe the, alter- the, the solution is just don't. It's not your speech. You're being asked to provide a service like doing art, you know, so it, but it is it is uh, respectfully. I, I hear the argument. My concern, though, is that if we are all members of the society, we are all funding the, the infrastructure to keep this place up and running, and you are occupying an, an area of a city that could be occupied by anybody else, we can't function if we are discriminating against people on the basis of race, you know, gender, identity, and all that stuff, and that businesses should just serve the public in a general sense. Uh, you know, so, so look, there's a very serious philosophical, philosophical and ethical conundrum there. I get it. But I still think if, we're, if I'm paying taxes— I don't think you should be able to discriminate. I don't. That's a left wing position. I still hold that now. I believe that if you are Twitter operating on our infrastructure across this country and benefiting from our tax dollars, you should not be able to shut down legal opinions, legal speech. There's challenges there because there's got to be some kind of moderation. There's things you can put up that we all agree shouldn't be like doxing, but isn't illegal. So there are conundrums and questions involved in how we moderate these platforms. 
My bigger concern is the commons. The commons, a left wing position, surprise, surprise, is an idea that there are certain areas we all must share. We're not all immediately using, but we protect them to make sure that we all kind of get a fair shake. This is cooperative markets versus competitive. You see, left wing, they wouldn't want, they don't want to tell you this. They want to tell you I'm right wing, but I'll tell you this. If Tim Pool advocating for protecting the commons, regulating massive corporations, and defending the rights of a gay couple to get their custom message is right wing, then what are they when they defend massive multinational billion dollar corporations who use monopolistic power and concerted efforts in Silicon Valley to shut down their opponents? They're not the left. They're just authoritarian tribalists. They want power for themselves, and that's it. And that's Ocasio-Cortez. She's not and as far as I can tell, and as far as I, my opinion goes, she is a fake leftist. Absolutely fake. It is tribalism, not true cooperative markets. You know who's a real leftist? Jimmy Dore. Why? He calls out the corporations. He calls out the censorship. He calls out the government. And he advocates for universal uh, health care, Medicare for all. A left wing position. Cooperative health care systems, not competitive. There's no profit to be made. We just agree that some things we're going to work on together. That's the left wing argument. And the funny thing is, when you argue with conservatives about universal health care from an actual like good faith standpoint, you will disagree and you will get along and they might call you dumb and then you laugh. And as long as you're respectful and polite, we move, we move on and, and we move on with our lives. In what way, in any way, is anti-competitive monopolistic action left wing? It's not. And now I'll throw it to the right. In what way? Is Republicans and conservatives calling for the regulation of big tech a right wing position? It is. Because like I said, just because conservatives have historically opposed much regulation doesn't mean they oppose all regulation. And that I learned because I actually talked with conservatives about it, saying, well, you know, there's a lot of things we don't like in terms of regulation, but we accept some of it. We're not libertarians. I'm like, that's a good point. Libertarians are the ones who are very much like free market, the freer the market, the freer the people, right? I don't actually agree. I think a mixed economy works better. But here we go. Instead of me ranting, let me read you the actual news. Fox News says Parler CEO John Matz blasted elected officials such as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who recently called for the censorship of his social media app and proclaimed it sick and evil. The CEO said critics like Ocasio-Cortez don't understand what America stands for. AOC recently urged Apple and Google to take action against Parler. In a tweet, the leader of the so-called squad sent to her 11.4 million followers. Ocasio-Cortez isn't alone. Many people on the left have made similar complaints. It's, you know, when we're on the uh, IRL podcast, Ian likes to say often, it's not left and right. Stop saying left and right. And I said, it's just a colloquial term for the tribes. But I get it. I really, really do. We had Jen Perlman on. She's a progressive and she opposes, you know, a lot of the same stuff. She's very, very similar in a way to Jimmy Dore. And so maybe there really needs to be some kind of reclamation of what left means. Because it doesn't mean what this is. Since when was the left about propping up corporations? Last I recall, we were out, out on, uh, on, uh, on Wall Street 10 years ago. I mean, we as in like people of this country and the left screaming, we are the 99%. Now what? Now it's yay, billionaires. Yay. Right. Bernie Sanders doesn't say millionaires anymore. I think it's sick. Matt's told Fox News. That's not what the Constitution says. That's not what the Constitution stands for. Banning 10 plus million U.S. voters from the Internet, barring people from free speech. When people do things like that, it shows that they don't understand the meaning of the Constitution or this country and what it stands for. 
While Matz doesn't appreciate elected officials calling for his company to be silenced, he found himself at the center of the news cycle when Google and Apple removed Parler from the App Store. I have an interesting question about the First Amendment and federal politicians calling for these mass censorship of the American people. It's not a law being created, but I'm not sure that the the, uh, government officials are supposed to be doing that. Now, John says the Constitution. Look, I'll recognize there's a difference between a private corporation and public institutions. And, you know, we, we can have a conversation about how right now, literally, Twitter is a private platform. They can ban who they want. I'm saying it should not be that way. OK, this is the difference. I love it. I've heard but my private company so much. You know, let me tell you something. I had an epiphany recently. And, I, I, you know, I used to go out and fundraise for environmental organizations. And I remember being on the ground in L.A. fundraising because of the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. That's right. You see, there was an oil rig in the Gulf and oil started spraying all over the place. Huh. I was upset and I was demanding action. And I was asking people to help contribute so that we could raise awareness about what was going on, because a lot of people don't know. And then we can, you know, effectively do two things, lobby politicians to have better protections and actually help get the whole mess cleaned up. But I realized something today. I was wrong. BP's a private corporation. They can do whatever they want. I mean, they have permits to operate there in the Gulf. So if an oil spill happens, well, why don't you start your own company to go clean up the oil? What's that you say? It's not the same thing. You're saying that we must regulate these corporations because they would cause damage to common areas where we all must operate. And that the damage coming from the Deepwater Horizon could be could, could grow worse if left unchecked. Oh, my. Oh, wow. I was wrong. So what you're saying is that Twitter and Facebook, who have monopolized political discourse and the news cycle, destroying the news industry in this country. Surprise, surprise. This is something we've done about for some time. News organizations are collapsing because the ad revenue is being sucked up by these other platforms. So you mean to tell me that these companies have destroyed journalism. They've centralized it into the into the hands of venture capital funded, you know, rage bait blogs. And now they are destroying the common areas of political discourse after they monopolized it. Well, hot dog sounds like we need some regulation. I've always been in favor of regulating corporations when they destroy the commons. My opinion on that hasn't changed. Apparently theirs has. Well, now the CEO of Parler is facing death threats from Newsweek. John, uh, John Matz, the CEO of Parler, has claimed he has received death threats and can't go home after the social network was tied to last week's U.S. Capitol riots and sent offline by Amazon. On Sunday, Amazon Web Services suspended Parler's web hosting account at, tw- uh, at just about midnight, shutting it down. Amazon cited Parler's refusal to remove extremist content and offensive co- uh, content posted by its users. Not true. That is not true, Newsweek. I just am so sick of it all being fake. Every day I read this stuff. They can't just read this stuff. Amazon said they were concerned that Parler would not take action. Not that they didn't. Not that there were existing threats. Amazon said that we are we do not believe that your moderation will be effective, period. Because, and the reason they said this, Parler was removing these things. So Amazon can't come out and say they weren't. That would be defamation. And they would lose that case. No, what they're saying is we don't think your efforts will work. So we're suspending you. That's not what Newsweek is saying. They're saying refusal to remove. You see how they lie? They just lie 
all the time, every day I read this stuff. You can look at the statement from from Amazon. But this 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 writer for Newsweek, whatever, I don't care who it is, is too lazy and stupid to actually do their jobs. And, and these people are to their jobs. And this is why we end up in the position we're in. It's all it's all uh, it's fake news all the way down. But it's 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 like a game of telephone. You know, that's that's what the problem is. Instead of going to the source, these people just read each other's news and they write it. And then the best part is when it when it, when it makes its way to Wikipedia. I mean, that, that that's it. One one outlet will write something fake and then 100 outlets will just copy this outlet and cite it as their source. What happened to the source having to be the actual source? Like, let me put it this way. Amazon Web Services should be the actual source, right? Instead, what Newsweek is citing is itself. Itself. You see how that works? I'm reminded of the Simpsons episode uh, joke where Bart whispers in the ear of the teachers union. You know, Skinner says that the union will fold. And then by the time it makes it to the teacher, Krabappel, she says, Skinner says the union will fold purple monkey dishwasher. That purple monkey dishwasher comment goes too far or something like that. Making a joke about how the communication breaks down. There's a, there's another game that people play where they have everyone holding each other's shoulders and then they draw on their there's a piece of paper on their back and they draw and then the person in front is trying to figure out what it is. And there are other games where they play telephone, where they, they tell one person a phrase and then they have it go all the way down the line to see what the phrase turns into. That's what we deal with, with in media. It used to be that if you wanted to do a story, you would actually go to Amazon and post a link to their official statement. Now, Newsweek just links to their own article. And so it's a derivative game of being wrong nonstop all day, every day. And it's making people go insane. Quite literally. Joel Rubin, the perfect example of the game of telephone. This guy, let's see, who is this guy? He's verified on Twitter. He is EDAJ Congress, former Obama Biden deputy uh, assistant secretary of state. He says, Glenn Beck has the right to be upset about Twitter's ban of Donald Trump. But using a Holocaust analogy, especially only days after real Nazis stampeded our capital, is not the way to do it. He should retract his statement and apologize to Auschwitz Museum. Huh. I didn't realize real Nazis stormed the Capitol. I thought it was this guy, the crazy guy. I'm going to post up some video of you dancing. The, the weird horns. Let's talk about the spiritual aspect. Look at this guy. Of what you do. And you're Look at, okay. Like Listen to a, this. Uh, infiltrator or something like that. They'd be a witch. They'd be a sorcerer or something like that on the dark side. So I practice life magic. I practice the light side or the positive side of shamanism. And when they see me, they go, oh, yeah. we, got a, we got a big fish out here. We better not try and stir things up. Well, he practices life magic. So when the witches and the sorcerers come and, and want to change the timeline, no joke, that's what he talks about, they'll realize he's a big fish, literal Nazis. I mean, look, I know that there was some like some Nazis were obsessed with occult stuff, sure. And these people from the Capitol were really nuts. But this is what happens when they just keep doing this. Now someone's going to see this verified tweet. They're going to include it in a story and they're going to keep shifting the narrative and gaslighting over and over again as they drive themselves into a permanent state of psychosis. Leading to the banning and mass censorship of individuals because of their paranoid delusions. Did you know that uh, you, you probably didn't know this? And I'm, I'm only learning this recently. The left has a psychotic conspiracy on par with Q about subversive. I don't want to I don't want I don't want to say too much because I don't want to entertain these or, or, you know, direct anybody in any way. There's the QAnon stuff everybody knows about. It's been all over the media. 
But the left has something nearly identical where they believe basically the same thing, but in opposition, right? So as Q supporter, like QAnon people, they like Q. The left has basically the same thing where they don't like Q. It's not, it's not Q, it's something else, but it's basically the same thing where they believe, I don't, I don't want to say it's Russia. Um, it's very, very similar to where they think there's underground networks infiltrating the, the US and, and shut and subverting things. And there are secret messages being put out. You've probably seen a lot of talk about dog whistles from Trump. They really do believe the exact same things. It's people just going insane. The paranoid delusion is escalating. And the problem is Jack Dorsey lives in it. We had a, I had a conversation with Dave Smith, comedian, the other day on IRL podcast, and he brought up he brought up a point where he said, "When I was on Joe, with Joe Rogan and Vijay Gade, uh, 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 and and Jack Dorsey, I brought up that they are so biased they can't even tell they're biased because they think their biased opinions are just normal American opinion. They've not ever talked to a conservative to realize what they think is actually fringe. And so that, this, this, this is exactly what happens." Jack Dorsey sees the fringe psychotic conspiracies from people who believe there's like a deep network international plot to overthrow the U.S. using Donald Trump. And they believe it because they think their circle is mainstream America. When in reality, they're trapped in a psycho bubble. It is just not reality. Just like the Q people, they think it's true. It's just not. It's, it's not true. It's never been true. It's been wrong so many times and people just keep believing it. The left has something similar. It's basically the same thing. But when Jack Dorsey's people at Twitter who are all hard left biased, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying like socialists, I'm saying like they're tribalist left biased. They see all these tweets from journalists and they just assume it must be true. They don't fact check. Now, listen, I don't necessarily blame all of them because if a journalist says something, I mean, far be it from a random computer programmer or plumber to just decide they know what's actually going on. They trust the journalists, right? The problem is the journalists have gone insane. They've, I, I'm not kidding. Many of them have outright just totally lost their minds. They're falling into the same exact traps and conspiracy thinking that we see from Q people. Now, there are moderate traditional liberals. We call them default liberal. I think that was Breitbart who coined that phrase. And they're not really politically active the exhausted majority. And then you have moderate conservatives who are, and they're looking at the stuff saying, this has gone crazy. You have people on the fringe right who believe crazy stuff. And you have people in the mainstream left who believe extremely similar psychotic conspiracy trash. So how do you deal with it? You don't. I'll tell you this. If you're a regular person, a moderate person, and you're concerned about the fringe conspiracy types, like the shaman of life magic storming the Capitol, the problem I see is, The institutions have been subverted by the same thing. That guy talking about life magic, you realize the left believes like a lot of the same stuff, not all of them, but they have their shamanic crystal wearing crazy hippie people who are also at these institutions of power and controlling them. The issue, conservatives and people on the right have always targeted political institutions, failing to realize that politics is downstream from culture. And so the left entered academia and they entered the uh, news organizations and then hired all their friends, creating this bubble world of paranoid delusions. And here we are. And this is how you get to the point where people like AOC claim to be on the left, but basically do whatever they can to drop to the ground to lick the boots of the massive billionaire uh, billion dollar corporations. Congratulations, left. In less than a decade, you went from we are the 99% to, but it's a private company and they can do what they want. Sounds a whole lot like the Koch brothers did. Great.
I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The DOJ is considering bringing sedition and conspiracy charges against those who stormed the U.S. Capitol. And there's a report that a man left a voicemail with a very explicit threat about what they're going to do on the 20th. And these stories I'm hearing are getting really terrifying. I mean, this voicemail was nuts. I can't even get close to repeating what this person said. Suffice it to say, I believe they were arrested. We're now hearing just uh, earlier today. Now this reports several GOP reps physically pushed past Capitol Police and walked around the metal detector, refusing to be inspected, including Rep Lauren Boebert, who has bragged about carrying a gun to Capitol Hill. Now, we have this story from yesterday. Bobert clashes with Capitol Police after setting off metal detectors. They set up metal detectors outside the chamber, and they're screening people for weapons. Why? Are they concerned that sitting members of Congress will take action against their political counterparts? And who is in charge of this? What is going on? The, the, the worst possible message that, message that could be sent right now. The metal detectors would have done nothing during the storming of the Capitol, but it would seem that the real fear is each other. We've already heard from several progressive members of Congress that they didn't want to go to the secure chamber because they were worried about being in the same place as the Q conspiracy far right politicians. I don't know what you want to you, you want to you want to call what's happening because, you know, the left seems to get real mad when I say civil war. But have you seen the photos of the National Guard occupying the Capitol building, sleeping in it? I don't say occupy, but, you know, sleeping in it, standing guard. And then people are showing uh, drawings from this first civil war of something comparable. They said for a long time, there's no civil war. It's never going to happen. I was wrong when I was saying years ago that the, 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 the tensions and the escalation would not stop. And it was for obvious reasons. And, and, and a lot of my opinion was just coming from reading mainstream news. It's not like I just, you know, it, for the most part, you guys know what I do. Then we saw Trump supporters storm the Capitol building. Okay, now you can say, oh, yeah, but it was just one riot. I don't know, man. They set up metal, metal detectors. Conservatives are refusing to use them. And Democrats are terrified that, I guess, armed right wing politicians will do something. I'm not going to pretend to know what could happen, because I'll tell you this. You know, I, I said on the day of on Mon- on, uh, on on the sixth that nothing was going to happen. I thought Trump supporters were going to wave their little American little American flags and then leave, and I was wrong about it. I don't know what's going to happen, and maybe security is the right call. Lauren Boebert got into a standoff, and now many on the left are demanding she be arrested. I want to tell you what happened here and go over what's uh, going on now uh, with with Trump's approval rating. But the main point of this is not just about Lauren Boebert, actually think she's kind of all right. She seems cool. Uh, But the left really, really despises her. We have a Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. She's in the Capitol. It was just stormed by people. Why can't she carry a weapon? You can see the split in ideologies here. The left says no guns. The right says Constitution says yes, guns. And a refusal of either side to back down. The left is saying, please televise the arrest of Lauren Boebert, who bypassed and refused to listen to Capitol Police. Oh, they did nothing. They, they blocked her and then she ignored them. What could they do? This is crazy. Could you imagine what would happen if they arrested her? It would be insane. But can you imagine the alternative? 
the left screaming and, and, and in outrage over her probably bringing a gun with her into the chambers. The Constitution is clear about the right to bear arms. Let's read this story first from CPR.org. They say Boebert clashes with Capitol Police after setting off metal detectors. Republican Rep. Lauren Boebert continued to make news at the Capitol on Tuesday, this time for refusing to let Capitol Police look through her purse after she set off metal detectors placed at entrances to the House floor. The metal detectors were set up after multiple Democrats reportedly expressed concerns about the freshman members insistent on carrying weapons. Boebert, a strong gun rights advocate and co-chair of the Second Amendment Caucus, who has pledged to carry a gun in Congress, tweeted, metal detectors outside of the House would not have stopped the violence we saw last week. It's just another political stunt by Pelosi. She added that she is allowed to carry her weapons in Washington, D.C. and the Capitol complex. A memo from acting House Sergeant at Arms, Timothy Blodgett, explaining the new security measure, also reminded reminded members that they are only allowed to have guns in their personal offices. Several Republican members expressed their frustration with the new security arrangement. Rep. Steve Stivers from Ohio told Capitol Police that he believed the metal detectors are unconstitutional. Others tried to go around them. Boebert has been facing calls of resignation or expulsion over her tweets on January 6th, discussing her whereabouts in the movements of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, while Trump supporters violently stormed the Capitol building. I'm here to work for the American people, so resignation is not on my mind, Boebert said. When asked if she regretted her tweets, Boebert was silent and headed to the House chamber and her run in with the Capitol Police over the metal detectors. This is a story from the other day. A Colorado Republican tweeted about Pelosi's location during the Capitol siege. She's now facing calls to resign. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. This story is just an example of both sides demand for power. Now, I know I'm already going to get the left and the right saying both sides. I'm not saying it's equal. The left's demand for power and compliance is insane. And the right, it's more about their individual liberties. To put it simply, no matter what happens, Lauren Boebert and people on the right will say the Constitution says to a I will carry my weapon and the left will say submit or else. Take a look at this. This is what Lauren Boebert tweeted. We were locked in the House chambers. The speaker has been removed from the chambers. And. They said she tweeted her location. When I heard that, I was kind of like, whoa, no way. Did she tweet? The speaker is now being holed up in the East Wing, built, you know, door number 203 office. No, she said the speaker was removed. So did other people. Other people were tweeting about Mike Pence being removed. Journalists. While this storming of the Capitol was happening, nobody cared. You see how the balance of power is set up? It is obvious to everyone. The double standard is just law. I am sick of talking about it. There's no more need to say, look, 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 there's a double standard. We know. We know. Mike Pence ushered out of the chamber. Chuck Grassley ushered out of the chamber. Several tweets from journalists. He's being removed. They were chanting, hang Mike Pence. Where are the calls for the resignations or the terminations of anybody who, who was tweeting about the location of Mike Pence? None. But Lauren Boebert, that's right. They say Colorado Rep. Lauren Boebert was on the offensive Monday night with the Republican issuing a bellicose statement amid growing calls for her resignation. 
Boebert accused uh, Democrats of having their hypocrisy on full display with talks of impeachment, censure, and other ways to punish Republicans for false accusations of inciting the type of violence they have so frequently and transparently supported in the past. During the violent siege, Boebert first tweeted that representatives were locked in the House chambers, and then only a minute later that the speaker had been removed from the chambers. She dismissed the seriousness of the charges that she had endangered the life of Pelosi in her statement, or that her tweeting was even noteworthy in the first place. She said, Democrats accused me of live tweeting the speaker's presence after she had been safely removed from the Capitol, as if I was revealing some big secret, when in fact this removal was also being broadcast on TV. The remainder of her statement was replete with baseless claims about Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and the far left. Oh, but they're not going to tell us what she said. We get it. The media is on the side of the Democrats. It's always it's been that way for quite some time, perhaps always. It's Republicans fault. I don't care for the Republican Party. There's a difference between the right populists and the establishment and the left populists. But the left populists are more than happy to jump on the backs of the establishment and and laugh because they think it'll lead them into some kind of position of power. But in the end, all that will really happen is that the right knowing the media is full of it. There's a double standard, 74, 75 million people. They're not going to back down. They're not going to just one day start believing the media. Now, Ocasio-Cortez says that there's a commission being set up or something to that effect. She says commission being discussed to help rein in media environment after Capitol riot. You can't just spew disinformation and misinformation, Ocasio-Cortez says. This is the most nightmarish and frustrating thing about all of it. Anybody who actively reads the news knows that AOC is wrong or intentionally lying, one of the two, that it's the mainstream media intentionally putting out fake news. And while there are fringe, lunatic, conspiracy right-wing websites, for the most part, the mainstream media is putting out lies and garbage all the time. Look at the framing of things. It's, it's, it's not just about uh, uh, lies. It's also about framing. This is something that the left had been talking about since back in the Occupy days, that what you choose to cover also has an impact. And that's true. They realized this. So they took over the media. They got their activists involved. And now they can choose to only cover things that make the right look bad. Like Lauren Boebert revealed the location of Nancy Pelosi. Completely false framing, completely in bad faith, just not true. Not a true statement. She didn't reveal the location. She revealed one of the not locations, I guess. So what 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 does this all bring us to? When I heard that Lauren Boebert was refusing to go through the metal detectors and it went off and she would not allow the police to search her. I thought about what would happen if, as the left calls for her arrest, what would happen if the police actually arrested Republican sitting congresswoman? You realize we're in civil war territory. Like it's here. It's happening. It's not so overt, like the height of civil war. But I often say you need to understand that when you read history, it's condensed. Condensed history is, you know, you'll read a paragraph and it'll say, and you know, 1850, this happened. And then 1851, this happened and realize there's a whole year in between some of these moments. Like the revolution, the American revolution lasted something like 20 years. That's, that's, that's like a generation. And that's, that's crazy. It wasn't just the signing of the Declaration of Independence. A lot of the things that led to the American Revolution were happening for a long period of time. Now, I'll warn all of you, the last thing you want for this is escalation, but I don't think it can be stopped. 
Case in point, what's going on with Lauren Boebert? You think she's ever going to back down and let you take her gun away? No. She is literally the woman who challenged Beto O'Rourke saying, no, you can't take my guns. She runs a gun-themed restaurant in, I think it's Rifle, Colorado. You want to talk about strong uh, morals or, or integrity or principles, it's definitely coming from her and her demand that she have the right to bear arms. Do you think the Democrats are going to sit back and just let her do this? Probably not. I really don't think so. So it comes down to eventually the police. Listen, Matt Taibbi wrote about this, the counting heads phase. What's happening is not exactly as everyone predicted or different people predicted. So it's, of course, going to be a little bit different. But what happens when Bobert is standing there and Pelosi is standing there and the cops get called and both Bobert and Pelosi point at each other and say, arrest this woman? And the cop has to go, uh, what am I going to do? Maybe it'll never happen. But the reason I say civil war territory is that we just had Trump supporters storm into the Capitol building. I don't know what else you want to call this, man. Two factions fighting over control of one government. And it's because we are seeing hyperpolarization and we are seeing increasing centralization of the government, but a country that is much too large. It's interesting. You know, I, I was talking with a libertarian comedian, Dave Smith, the other night on the IRL podcast. Check it out, youtube.com slash TimCast IRL. And he was mentioning that this country has always had many different cultures. Like New York is not the same as Alabama. And it's true. And what worked with this, you know, to, to, to have a country of all these different cultures, multiculturalism, what worked was a weak centralized government, strong enough, but not too strong. That way, the people in West Virginia, for instance, are like, I can have my guns and do what I want. And y'all in New York can do what you want. And then everyone kind of was okay with the overarching federal authority so long as it was limited in scope. But it's becoming increasingly more prominent and powerful in the past several decades to the point now where Joe Biden wants to ban guns for people who live in Wyoming, which makes no sense. It doesn't. You live in Wyoming, you got bears and wild animals. You need guns to protect yourself. You live in New York City, ain't got no bears. I get it. It makes sense. But the left doesn't know anything about guns. I mean, I'm only barely learning, and I'm a recent gun owner, and I know now how much I really did not know a couple of years ago when I was more in favor of a lot of these gun control laws. But one thing is certain, it makes no sense for Joe Biden to become president and then using the House, the Senate, and you know, effectively the, the, the legislature and the executive branch to pass a law that will restrict the rights of people who live in Wyoming and West Virginia. How, how, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. If you want, if you need to get a gun because you got animals, you got bears, you got, you, you need to hunt, then you need to have access and the right to bear arms. More importantly, though, the Second Amendment is clear. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But I think by any good faith assessment, it is being infringed, as is the right to assemble, as is the right to free speech. And there it is. So the leftists don't like when I talk about what's happening. They don't. They get really mad. They say, Tim, this is your fault for telling people what was going on. As if these people weren't already reading this stuff and as if the actions they were taking wasn't resulting in my reading it. The point is, I'm not just saying this because it's not happened yet and it might. I'm saying that things literally happened. And I said, look at this, this, this thing happening. Sounds like civil war. And then look, people already did it. People already stormed the Capitol when I talk about this stuff. People were already fighting in the streets when I mentioned this in the first place. And it was reaching the level of police, the mass rioting. 
Let me show you something. Let me show you President Trump job approval. Quinnipiac has Trump's approval rating at 33% from between the 7th and the 10th. Rasmussen from the 6th to the 10th has Trump at 48%. NPR, PBS, Marist on the 7th has Trump at 39%. Now we can see in aggregate Trump's approval rating has dropped quite a bit. The aggregate is currently at 41.6. Now, I'm not a big fan because it does include the uh, the fourth and the fifth and the third. These other polls that have Trump at 40, 43, and even 50 are from well before the storming of the Capitol. So let's make one thing very clear. Rasmussen was the most accurate poll, one of, if not the most accurate poll in 2016 in terms of Trump's support. They're now saying that the days following the storming of the Capitol, Trump is enjoying very high approval. But think about Quinnipiac and even NPR, 39% the day after the storming of the Capitol, 39%, 39%. Interesting. Think about Quinnipiac, even in the following days, 33%. A large portion of this country is okay with what Trump was saying and what he was doing. Now, I got to be honest, maybe it's just because Trump is Trump and we should recognize that for, for what it is. You know, in that leaked phone call, Trump was just like, we had a great crowd size. It was the biggest ever. There's no way we lost. And he really was just being Trump. While Trump was speaking in D.C., groups had already started storming the barricades. So Trump had no way of knowing because he was in the process of speaking. He told everyone to peacefully march to the Capitol to cheer on politicians. I don't think anybody was feeding him information while he was on stage. However, afterwards, he tweeted about Mike Pence failing. And they're saying that's incitement. I think that's a dangerous thing to assert, but it was irresponsible. Nonetheless, Trump should have said back away from the Capitol, stop this immediately, because all that really happened was was bad for the Trump supporters. Doesn't matter, though. What people need to understand is it's not about what you think is right and what you think is wrong. My perspective is and always will be for the most part as tribeless. I don't care for anyone's tribe. I'm not going to blindly defend Trump. I will I will defend Trump when I think Trump has done well, uh, and notably with the Abraham Accords, no new wars and things like that, and criticize him on his other foreign policy uh, failures. And I'll criticize him on his character, as I, as, I, as I always have. But I think when you when you see the left will not tolerate any defense of the man, they'll accuse anybody uh, of who defends him and even justifiably of being right wing or lying. And you can see this. This is where the lines have been drawn. There's no backing down for anybody. So, again, it doesn't matter what whether you support the president doesn't matter who you support or not. What matters is for those of you that are paying attention. We need calm. We need peace. But we got some angry people who just don't care. AOC won't back down. Some of the Republican politicians have tried to back down right now. They're, you know, voting, going through the process of voting for impeachment. And Republicans are basically begging them. Even even some former Democrats are like, don't do this. You're not going to impeach Trump in time. All you're doing is pouring lighter fluid on a fire. Just stop. Trump can't do anything. You can't impeach him in time. You can't impeach and convict him in time to stop him anyway. They're not going to have a trial in time to prevent Trump from doing anything. All they're trying to do is escalate to pour more fluid on the fire. Just stop. Everyone. I think most people, and I think most of the people who watch me, 
regular people, moderate individuals, like, you know, center right, center left a little bit. The real, uh, I don't want to say silent majority, but I can, I really can tell a lot of the people who, who watch my content, not so much the people who comment, people who comment are really mad and kind of get mad at me all the time, all the time. But I think most regular people are ready for the chaos to be over and could do for some rest and relaxation and, you know, letting the pot simmer down a little bit because it's about to boil over. But there are people who want more. This is not a, a direct criticism of uh, Lauren Boebert. It is just a point being made that you can agree with her. And I actually, I think Lauren Boebert's, I, I like Lauren Boebert. I think she's principled and she stands up for what she believes in. I respect that. I don't believe the same thing for AOC at all. I think she is just a rage bait grifter trying to generate press for herself. I think she's trying to be a celebrity career politician and she's willing to destroy everything around her to get what she wants. That's why she voted for Nancy Pelosi. The last thing any progressive insurgent should have done. Republicans have no no problem standing up to party leadership and defending the candidates they do like. Democrats walk in lockstep behind the establishment, even the progressives. This is a, the, the point I'm trying to make here is the Democrats are making demands of Republicans and Republicans are refusing to comply. This is in the congressional chamber right now. Why would it stop? Give me a real reason, because I just don't see it. This is another escalation. And what happens when you knock over a domino? You can see them all start falling over. This is why I explain the way I explain it. It feels like we can see all of the dominoes stacked up and someone flicked one a long time ago. And since then, it's been going tick, 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 tick. If you look down the line, you can see the dominoes that are next to fall. It's just simple math. It's just common sense. When that domino falls, the next one is this. There's unless someone puts something in to stop the domino from falling over and knocking over the next, it's just going to fall over. They put up metal detectors. Republicans refuse to use them. Lauren Boebert walked through setting it off and then refused to stop. And the police could not stop her. Eventually, the police might. And they may pass a resolution and bar her from Congress. What do you think the people of her district will do? What's going to happen if they do expel Republicans? What happens to these states that, ref- that aren't getting representation anymore? What happens to Texas when the AG said our, our representation is being, is being put at risk by these states that are refusing to abide by the electors clause of the Constitution? The path around is a dangerous and dark one. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. It's a different channel from this one. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.